Hello, and welcome to On the Shelf, A Writer Reads. I'm your host, Rachel A. Brune, and before I was an author and a publisher, I was a reader. Join me every week as I share what I'm reading, chat with other authors about their new releases, and make progress towards my Goodreads reading challenge. Grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and let's talk about what's on the shelf. Hey everyone, welcome back. Glad to have you back. Glad to be here. (laughs) Here on On the Shelf, a writer reads, I've been doing some thinking about the what the what the podcast is going to look like in the future. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do that was because when I started the podcast, I had some vague sorts of ideas of what I wanted it to look like. I knew that I wanted to interview authors who were having new releases because as a reader, I really enjoy following authors online, getting the chance to interact with them. And then when they do have new releases, uh, going to pick up those books and enjoy them. So I knew that as a reader, I thought it'd be kind of cool to have a chance to, like I said, talk to authors and find out a little bit about their process and what went into the book that I'm going to go pick up and read. As I kept doing that, I realized I also really enjoy reading uh, review copies and leaving reviews. I was like, okay, well, I kind of want to put in maybe a little bit more in-depth feedback, both into the conversations that I have with authors, as well as in the book rundowns that I do. And in order to do that, I was like, well, how am I going to do that and still talk about all of the books that I've been reading for the challenge? And I don't think I can do all of that and still confine myself to the half hour ish, (laughs) half hour ish podcast that I want to do. So I think that in order to both keep you in the loop with authors who have new releases, as well as talk in depth about some of the books that I've really been enjoying, whether it's a a review copy or whether it's something that I found on the shelf at the library, I'm not going to continue to list every single book that I that I possibly read. Uh, Because some weeks, that's two books. And then some weeks, that's seven books. Instead, if you are following me on Goodreads, and would like to see like every single book that I tear through, please feel free to follow or friend me over there. Um, I'm pretty much Goodreads is where I go to hang out with people who also like to read. So feel free to give me a follow or a friend request. In the meantime, I'm going to probably pick maybe two or three books every week that I've read to go a little bit more in depth with, to talk a little bit more about, hey, I liked these characters, thought they were well written, but maybe go into a little bit more depth of why I liked those characters. What about the writing did I think was done well? And then finally, Um, I will still talk about the Goodreads reading challenge, but it'll probably be more like, hey, here's where I am. I'm ahead. I'm behind. I'm so behind. Now, this week, I think I'm still a few books ahead. And I've got a couple of novellas that I picked up recently that I'm looking forward to uh, reading. So I think that'll get me back on track. Um, So one of the books that I read this week 
was a book called What We Talk About When We Talk About Books. And uh, and this is one of the this is one of the reasons why I have been kind of thinking about what I want to do with the podcast because I realized that I really enjoyed this book and I really enjoyed the conversation that I mean it was one sided because it was a book it wasn't really a conversation it was more like me nodding and agreeing with the author when they were talking about what great things books are um, and this book it, I got again I got it from the library. It made me think about how I do want to get a little bit more in depth when I talk about the books that I'm talking about on the show. And it also made me realize that what I've been calling bonus episodes, which is namely these conversations that I'm having with people that I know love reading as much as I do, or sometimes even more, um, those so-called bonus episodes, I've been enjoying doing those as much as I've been enjoying doing the other template, which is the book rundown plus the author interview. And after posing the question in the podcast Facebook group and talking with a couple of other folks who have been really supportive and have been listening to the show, I think that I am going to go ahead and just integrate those episodes so that they'll just be episodes. No bonus about it, just straight up episodes. I think that will also help out a little bit too, because I know that as a fan of podcasts, I tend to subscribe and follow way more than I can actually listen to in a week. Um, and especially I don't want to miss an episode and I don't want to skip around, but you know, sometimes there's a, an embarrassment of riches. And when I'm putting out two episodes a week, not only is it a little rough, especially like yesterday when I was trying to record or not to record when I was trying to do some edits so I could post some ahead of time and I lost about a morning's worth of edits and I just wanted to, to cry. And so in order to maybe give myself a little less wear and tear and stress, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and, and say, you know what, we're going to do this weekly and we're going to we're going to intersperse the new release features with conversations with folks who enjoy reading and want to talk with me about the books that they love, the books that formed them, what their reading habit looks like, how they formed the reading habit. Um, I find that there are certain things that readers uh, do, but then there's also like certain differences. For instance, some people read exclusively on audiobook. Some people read very slowly, you know, but they still love reading. It just is a different habit that they have. And so I would love to explore all of the ways that reading is part of our lives. And the podcast, I think, is a great way to do that because um, it's a space where we can talk about reading and our love of reading. So that's that's what I'm going to do uh, going out from here. Um, and I do have some fantastic guests to talk about uh, reading with. So I think that you will enjoy those. And I'm not going to promise that your TBR pile isn't going to grow and grow and grow because it absolutely will. <laughs> so when I was talking about this book, what we talk about when we talk about books, 
Um, one of the things that I found really interesting about it was it was talking to books in regards to a book as technology. And I never really thought of books as technology, maybe audiobooks, because you have to have the technology to record and then to listen. Um, and that's someplace where we can see the technology, such as we think of tech, uh, changing over time. So there was books on tape, and then there were books on CD, and then there were streaming audiobooks. We also have serial books. So you can get uh, serial books like uh, Kindle Vela or Radish, uh, which I think is primarily for romance. Um, you can also, you know, people have been blogging uh, episodes of books or excerpts of books, uh, installments. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> people have been blogging installments of their books. So all of these things, we can say, yes, things have definitely changed. I mean, Charles Dickens used to publish in installments, uh, and now we can read it on Vela, and our phone will even ping us when a new episode is available. So that's very convenient. But books, I mean, we don't really necessarily think of as technology, and this book does approach it like so. So it talks about the transformation of you know, first you have ancient scrolls and then you have, uh, you know, well, even prior to that, you have the oral storytelling tradition and then you have ancient scrolls and then you start moving up and you have the illuminated manuscripts and then you have Gutenberg. And then even in the 20th century, there's many different technologies that result in different books. So you have your pulp, right? So pulp paperbacks, there's a reason why we call them that. Uh, but then you have, you know, leather bound books uh, and each of those formats, each of those media carries with it certain connotations, both about the material within it, as well as the experience of reading it and what might appeal to certain people. And I, I love books that get me thinking about topics like this. Uh, you know, it's definitely something that at some point I've touched on reading, you know, there's the history of the written word, you're going to find it in places here and there. Um, and I've read, I've read books that do look into the history of various formats, like there's a book on the history of the novel that looked at Don Quixote, uh, and, and examined Don Quixote as possibly the first uh, the first Western novel. Whether you agree with it or not, it was a really interesting exegesis. Um, then you also have books like The Professor and the Madman. And that was a book about uh, uh, one of the contributors, I believe, to the Oxford English Dictionary, one of the very earliest uh, versions. And so I've, I've read the history of the written word in small in small excerpts, although some of those books were very large, uh, in different places. And then, but this book was the first one to look at the development of books as a technology as a whole. And I just found it really fascinating. And I, of course, now I'm nerding out about it because that's what I do. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's a little update on the podcast. That's a little update on what I'm going to be doing with the podcast going forward. 
And I've got a couple of more books that I'm currently reading that are in progress. And I look forward to sharing them with you and also sharing some of the other writers that I've got coming up who have got some new releases. And in fact, I am going to stop talking now so that I can invite on my next guest. All right, so this week, the new release is another book that is a series conclusion. I have with me Anna Bartolucci, who writes as Cecilia Dominic, and her book, Risen Shadows, is the final book in the Fae Files urban fantasy series. That series starts off with the book, The Shadow Project, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But first, I want to introduce you to Anna Bartolucci. Anna Bartolucci, PhD, DBSM, is a licensed psychologist and a certified behavioral sleep medicine specialist. She started her professional career as the clinical director of a sleep disorder center and founded Atlanta Insomnia and Behavioral Health Services, PC, in 2008 in order to focus specifically on behavioral treatment for sleep disorders. Dr. Bartolucci is a sought-after speaker and conference panelist and has taught workshops and classes for several professional organizations. She's the author of two nonfiction books, most recently, Better Sleep for the Overachiever from 2020. And finally, she has a not-so-secret other life as a U.S. Today best-selling fiction steampunk and urban fantasy author under the pen name Cecilia Dominic. Most recently, she has combined her two loves of writing and psychology with her new venture, Psych Up Academy, online classes and coaching for writers. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. Absolutely. So I always find it fascinating um, when you have the final book coming out. So I want to give you the opportunity to maybe talk a little bit about the series and a little bit about the main character that goes through and maybe even introduce us to the first book in case people are interested in checking it out. Sure. Yes. And this is definitely one of those series where it's best to start with the first book because they pretty much flow one into the other. I started The Fae Files as a NaNoWriMo project in 2019. So that was in November. And the first one came out in the spring of 2020, which as we know is when the world's completely changed. Yes. And so while they are not pandemic books, like it's never mentioned and there's not like there is, you know, disease or anything um, as a theme, it ended up being a pandemic coping series for me because my characters were basically doing the things that I was missing doing. So The Shadow Project, like I said, I wrote it mostly before the pandemic. The second book, Shadows of the Heart, it takes place at a fantasy convention because they were all getting canceled. Mm. And I also had the chance to bring in the genres that I love. So they're all urban fantasy and. So we have urban fantasy and thriller, urban fantasy and horror, urban fantasy and cozy mystery. And the main character is one who I didn't expect to have a book, but she was so insistent. She is a fae princess. Her name is Reyna, and she appeared as a secondary character in Blood Shadow, the third Lycanthropy Files book. And she just absolutely wanted her own book. So I said, fine, you can have a book. She said, no, I want a trilogy. I'm like, fine, you can have a trilogy. She's like, no, I'm going to have a series. That's why there are six books. 
and she's an exiled fae and she has one chance to end her exile and return home. She has to solve a mystery at the Center for Paranormal Disease Control in Atlanta. She is mostly of Scottish Celtic heritage, so she's definitely a fish out of water. And of course, fae bargains are always loaded with tricks, so it ends up being a lot more complicated with a lot more loose ends. And there's also a theme of be careful what you wish for. I... I have not read this series, full disclosure. Uh, we're recording this podcast a little bit before it airs. By the time it airs, I will have read this entire series, I promise you. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Yes, I love this series. Like this is, you know, sometimes with when you're an author, you read back over stuff that you've written and sometimes you're like, okay, yeah, I can see where I was a baby author and um, this be my most recent series. I have loved every bit of the editing and going back through it I just love these characters and I also have ADHD so I also have a nice gift of if I write something and put something aside for a bit I go back and I have I have the sense of separation like somebody else wrote it and I've really been enjoying it too that actually um brings me to my next question in addition to the book, and like I said, I don't want to necessarily digress from the book, but I also kind of want to highlight this. You have a new venture of, of mm -hmm. coaching for writers. And this sounds like the perfect tip for writers who are neurodivergent to encourage them to, to get into the writing game. Yes. A lot of times people focus on the negatives, like the tendency to procrastination and to get easily overwhelmed. But we really do have a lot of gifts that can help us. Like, for example, we're creative. We make connections that nobody else sees, which makes our books really interesting. And of course, yes, then there's that whole separation thing. <laughs> so in, in the process of writing the series, which, and correct me if I'm wrong, so you, the series first came out, did it first come out in 2020 or did it come out uh, a little bit later? It came out in two book spurts. So the first and the second books came out in the first half of 2020. Then the third and fourth books came out sort of middle 2021. Uh, book five came out last November and uh, then book six is, uh, as we know, has just come out when this will air, so early March. And that's because I had other projects going on. I was also super busy um, as you mentioned that with my bio, I'm a psychologist and those of us who are mental health professionals have been, shall we say, a little extra busy over the last <laughs> few years. So yeah, it was really a, a task to figure out how to balance both my time and my mental energy to, to write. I had originally planned for this, well, trilogy, thank you, Reina, the series, to be <laughs> a rapid release all in 2020. And that just didn't happen. Well, shifting back to shifting back to the series. What was the most fun part of writing the series, whether the first book, the last book, or any place in between? That's a really good question. These characters are so real to me. And if you read the reviews, they're very real to the readers as well. And so sometimes they surprise me. And there's a character that came in right at the beginning that I definitely was not expecting, but that ended up playing a big part. And his name is Sir Raleigh. And he is a Grimalkin, but he mainly takes on the form and characteristics and personality of a cat. And that was because in November 2019, when I started writing 
the book for NaNoWriMo, we were up in the family cabin in the North Georgia mountains and my cat, Timothy Mouse, with whom I fully admit I have a codependent relationship, was <laughs> not able to come with me and I was missing him. And so there is so much of Timothy in Sir Raleigh and Sir Raleigh has been sort of the, I guess, the comic relief character, although he does serious stuff too, I think both for me and the readers. I love that. I'm going to have to let my own cat know that she's falling down on the job because mostly all she does is sit there and watch me and judge me. <laughs> yes. And actually, Timothy Mouse is sitting right beside me on my desk as we record this. Yes. It's truly a podcast if there is a cat present. Yes. So you said that readers should start with the first book. Mm -hmm. um, are there any plans after you after we've wrapped up the series for any other books in this universe or do you think you're done or some some place in between some combination of those choices I guess it's a combination because I plan to take a little bit of a break because I have been working on this series for quite a while now and there was a little bit of a break in there because I have a three book contract with Falstaff and just today as we were recording this I have my deadline and release schedule for that series and I have one and a half more books to write so I need to do that I'm also going to potentially be playing with another genre and another pen name. So, uh, but I definitely do want to come back to the series because there is a character named Kestrel mm -hmm. where she's definitely going to end up getting an urban fantasy second chance romance with a love interest. And there are several different interesting potential pairings that could be, you know, novellas or one-off novels, or who knows, maybe another one of the characters will insist upon a trilogy or a series. I love that. And so for readers who might not quite understand um, the whole pen name situation, was there a specific reason that you chose to write under a pen name? And how did you go about choosing Cecilia Dominic for that pen name? Oh, that's a fun question. When I first started writing online, it was a wine block. And this was way back in the dark ages in 2008. <laughs> and at that point here in Georgia, because I'm based in Atlanta, we were not allowed to buy alcohol on Sunday. So there are people who have very strong opinions about alcohol. And at that point, I didn't want people Googling my professional name, you know, potential patients and finding the wine blog. So that's when I decided to start writing as Cecilia Dominic. And then that just kind of continued as my initial fiction pen name. And I chose the name because my middle name is Dominique and my confirmation name was Cecilia for the patron saint of music. And so if you look on bookshop.org, which I will send you that link for the show notes for all of my paperbacks, it is actually ABCD books. So it has both my Anna Bartolucci and my Cecilia Dominic books. I love that so much. I really do. That is, that's so cool. <laughs> um, I also will admit that I'm a little tempted to go find the wine block because uh, I also enjoy a nice glass of wine from time to time. <laughs> uh, it has not been updated in many, many years. Once I got my first fiction contract in 2013, it really, really tailed off. Gotcha. Well, here's uh, here's another bonus question. If someone is sitting down to, you know, if they if they upload all of the books on their Kindle, mm -hmm. and I'm as I'm asking for a friend, you understand, strictly of for course. a friend, yes. Uh, so they've they've downloaded all the books on on your, their Kindle. Uh, what would be a good wine pairing for the series? Ooh, I love that. 
So a good wine pairing for the series. So it's six books. So you don't want anything too heavy because you don't want to be smashed by the end of it. True, true. Yeah. So we'll say we'll stick with whites. And I really like the more unusual whites or the ones that you don't see just typically. So I would say like a good vermentino, some of these little fruity, a little tart, and just a little out of the ordinary, like the like my main character. Well, I have some plans for the weekend now. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. And on that note, I'd like to wrap this up by asking you to share where people can find you online and find your books. And of course, we'll have all the links in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you the floor to let people know where they can find you. Thank you. Yeah, so you can find me, well, all my books on all of the retailers I publish wide. So that's both paperbacks and ebooks. I don't have my urban fantasy in audio yet, but I do have my steampunk and better sleep for the overachiever in audio. Better sleep is narrated by yours truly. Uh, for the socials, I am mostly on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at Cecilia Dominic author. That's all one word. And that's C-E-C-I-L-I-A spelling of Cecilia, as well as Psych Up Academy, again, all one word for my insomnia psychologist and also, shall I say, productivity and uh, coaching persona. Awesome. Well, I have to say, I really enjoyed this interview and I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about the series and all of the other things that we talked about and touched on. Um, so thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. And that wraps up another episode of On the Shelf, A Writer Reads. Thank you once again for listening and for spending some time with me today. Next week, I will be having another conversation with a fellow reader whose name is literally Jim Reader. Yes, you heard that right. Jim is an old friend from my very first writing group. This was back in 2000. Oh goodness. It was, it was a while ago. <laughs> and uh, when I was stationed in Texas, I decided that I wanted to get back into creative writing. And so I joined a writing group up in Round Rock. And that is how I met Jim. He is a fantastic writer. He is a fantastic person. And I really enjoyed catching up with him and talking about the sorts of books that have shaped us, inspired, and that we continue to read today. Other than that, at the end of the month, don't forget Scares That Care, AuthorCon 2 will be coming up. If you happen to be in the Williamsburg, Virginia area or thereabouts, I will be uh, manning the table at Crone Girls Press. And I will also be on a couple of panels. Uh, I think they're both on Friday. So if you want to catch them, come on down. Again, that scares that care, AuthorCon 2. If you like horror, if you like literature, then we are your people. So come and join us. <clears throat> I mean, yes, come on down. It definitely won't be scary at all. Anyway, before I give any more away than I really should, let me just say thanks once again, and I'll see you next week on the shelf. You have been listening to an episode of On the Shelf, A Writer Reads. 
This has been a Devil Tree production. All the books mentioned in the podcast can be found in the series notes. If you would like to help make this show happen, you can tip me on my coffee page, follow me on Facebook and Instagram, or simply like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next week on the shelf.